From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Connecting with Walt. I am your host and Diz historian Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host and producer Craig Williams. Craig, how are you this week? I'm great. How are you, Michael? Doing well. We, you know, remember how like a few weeks ago I said, oh, I think spring has started and we're having an early spring and everything's budding and blooming and yeah. all that. Yeah, well, I spoke too soon. <laughs> it dropped into the 20s. We've had hard frosts every night. My plants that started to, that came out of dormancy, I think they're dead. Yeah. Um, it's just been rough. Uh, you're not, <laughs> you are not alone. I mean, the, a lot of, the country is just taking a beating, especially especially those up in the the northeast in the New England area. So it's it, it's tough out there right now. Even we even had a drop in temperature back here. I know I've been complaining about it for a while, and then oh, oh, oh out why? of nowhere because back in went, the seventies, I was going to say what it went from like seventy to sixty eight. And no, it went from <laughs> the upper eighties in the nineties too, which is uh, just unreasonable in late February, early March <laughs> to the. Back to beautiful weather being in the in the low seventies, and I believe the day before this is released. So yesterday, as of the release date, it was back in the sixties again, which is very exciting. And of course, and of course, our, our 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 connecting with Walt family who are listening to this as they're shoveling snow in their driveway have just thrown their earbuds. Hey. Somewhere into the snowbanks, never to be found again. Hey, uh, <laughs> when when I'm complaining every single week in August about the weather, then then we can talk. Mm-hmm. So, well, we you know, like we say in California, it's a dry heat. I mean, in where I live, you know, we get triple digit weather, you know, consistently yeah. in the summer, but we don't have your humidity. Yeah, so, awful. Anyway, but but you know, recently, um, you know, just this past weekend, Carol and I were at the Walt Disney Family Museum for a special event, and you know, we're going to be talking um, this week too about a special event I was at a few weeks ago. Well, recently I participated in an Olympic-like event called Mouse Adventure at the Museum. And my teammate was my friend and colleague from the Diz Unplugged podcast, the Disneyland edition, Mary Jo Mulata willie And Mary Jo is joining me and Craig today to talk about Mouse Adventure at the Museum. Mary Jo, hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to Connecting with Walt. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Hi, guys. Hi, we we're delighted to have you. So you're walking you're walking my side of the street now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it's sort of cool. You know, I started out on your show, you know, because I I was the the newbie, and now and now here you are. I'm on now. This this was the spinoff. 
<laughs> connecting yes, with the wall. And, and a fine spit off, by the way. Oh, thank you. So well, I couldn't have done it without the Disneyland team. And, um, and, and now I'm delighted that, that you can be a part of connecting with Walt. So, Yay. Yeah, and just sort of a little background in here. Um, Mar- Mary Jo, I know, has participated in Mouse Adventure for a number of times, and I'm going to ask her to talk a little about that. And when... When uh, I heard, and I'd never been able to, I was never in the right place at the right time, or I could never find a team to be on, or, or whatever it may, may, might have been. So when I heard, uh, I needed a rapid fire for when I was on a Disneyland show, and this came up that there was Mouse Adventure at the museum, the Walt Disney Family Museum. So I said, oh, I want to do this. And when I brought it up on the rapid fire, Mary Jo said, hey, I'll come all the way up to San Francisco and I'll be on your team. And I thought I was just going to have a really hard time finding a teammate. And it was sort of the perfect blend because Mary Jo was familiar with Mouse Adventure and I had never been on a mouse adventure, but I have been to the museum many, many times, and, and Mary Jo's had only visited the museum, but you'd visited at least one time before, I think. One time, and we really had a, a, a quick tour, so I didn't see really get to see all of it. Yeah, so so it was sort of it was sort of sort of a perfect combination um, there. So so. So, uh, you know, you think it would have resulted would, in yeah, better, so. better uh, <laughs> higher standing, but we'll get to that later. We, let's just say we didn't walk away with any medals at the end. We weren't standing no. on any podiums. But, um, but so Mary Jo, just why don't you briefly tell our Connecting with Walt family here, what is Mouse Adventure? Okay, well, so Mouse Adventures is a competition. It's put on by a company called Third Gate Games, and it's usually held in a Disney theme park. This was the first time they ever tried Walt Disney Museum, which I'm sure you'll talk about. And in the Disney theme parks, there's teams of two to four uh, players that figure out puzzles that they call quests that will give you a final question that you then need to answer. So the reason these puzzles are called quests is because you really need to first figure out what the heck you're going to do in each puzzle. Then you go through the park to fill in the missing information, and then you use these clues to figure out the final question. So you're on a quest to figure out these puzzles, and then once you decipher them, you're given that final question, which you then have to go on a quest to to answer. And this usually takes you to a particular location for that answer, and then in addition to these quests, you have I Spies and Trivia. So there's, it kind of gives people in the team, whoever has their different strengths, an opportunity to, to really um, use their knowledge about whether it's trivia or the I Spies or how to figure out certain types of puzzles, which we'll go into more detail about. Um, and it takes all day to do this. So much fun. Oh, does it ever. Yeah, uh, Craig, you you had mentioned that you had seen Mary Jo on A Mouse Adventure at Disneyland. Yeah, it was, I don't even remember what year. All I remember is I saw her running through Frontierland with a group <laughs> of ladies like a crazy person. And uh, we said hi and then bye. <laughs> yep, no, no, no time to talk. There's, you, you really have to... Uh, concentrate so mm-hmm. they even give you little cards in your packet that if somebody asks you what mouse adventures you just hand them the card 
so that you can keep going. That's clever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is very clever. Now, again, you know, folks know I talk about the Walt Disney Family Museum all the time, and you're thinking, okay, how would they ever do this at the museum? Well, the Walt Disney Family Museum, of course, it, it was started by the Disney family, primarily uh, um, Diane Disney Miller and her son, um, uh, um, Walter Disney Jr. And, and of course, Ron Miller is on the board along with a couple of the grandchildren. And they started this really to tell her father's story because what the family was learning is that people, especially the younger generation, thought that Walt Disney was really nothing more than a marketing uh, icon the way uh, like Betty Crocker or Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben's. And so what they wanted to do was really tell his story and also tell the real Walt Disney because there were also a lot of uh, falsehoods being um, perpetuated out there about Walt. And so what's cool about the museum is when you go in, uh, the, the museum galleries are set up sort of almost by decades in Walt's life. And so that's how the the Mouse Adventure sort of set up what they have. They have these different quests. And they sort of tackled the quests by, each quest was almost, not quite, but almost a, a, a decade of Walt's life that you had to solve puzzles. And, and but the people that devise these puzzles, I, I, I don't understand how their minds work. They should be code breakers or something for the CIA. I mean, they're amazing. They um, really are. They're so inventive in mm-hmm. the way they put these together. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and as we talk a little about this, you... I don't know if we're going to be able to communicate over radio how clever these are. Uh, Mary Jo tried to describe it to me. It wasn't until I saw it that I really uh, understood how complex this was. Um, but um, So, Mary Jo, how does, if somebody wants to do a mouse adventure, how do they sign up? The easiest way is to just type in mouseadventure.com and go to the website, and they have... Um, a link there where you can get on the newsletter and they will email everybody to give a heads up, hey, we're going to have our game on this day because they usually have it twice a year um, at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Now, it used to only be at Disneyland. Now they've expanded to Walt Disney World. And then when you get the email, that gives you your clue of um, you get your teams together, you select a captain because one person has to sign everybody up. So you want to make sure that you assign that one person to do that. Otherwise, oh, I thought you signed us up. Oh, well, I thought you did. So you want to make sure that that one person has all the relevant information, um, email. Um, I think that's it, just the, the emails and the names and a team name. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, not mandatory, but it's, it makes it more fun to have mm-hmm. a team name. And then just... and. And when the email comes out that they're ready to take signups, you sign up. And and don't sign don't use an AOL email because for some reason it doesn't like the Mouse Adventures site. Oh. So um, I had to use a Yahoo um, account. It worked much better. So and then the, there's stuff to bring. So um, you get all this information about things to bring. Um, Mary Jo gave me all this advice as to all the different paraphernalia to bring. Um, So Mary Jo, what do you recommend people bring? Okay. 
So the most important thing is bring a couple of pencils in case you break one. So you need a pencil, scrap paper, a clipboard to write on. That helps. Or Michael had a great one because yours had a compartment where you could put um, the, your supplies in. Mm-hmm. So usually we ask for the clipboard, pen, uh, pencil for sure, pen, highlighters, a ruler, scotch mm-hmm. tape. Uh, post-it notes and plenty of water. That's usually oh yeah, and snacks. And snacks <laughs> because there's no time to go eat. Mm-hmm. Not if not if you're competitive. Yeah, and you need you, the scratch paper comes in really handy because you're you're doing code solving and puzzle solving and all that on that scrap paper. So. Yeah. Okay, so then when you when you get to your destination, um, the way it was set up at the museum, because these were on regular opening open days at the museum, pub open to the public. So, of course, they couldn't take over the museum because there were guests there. So it, it covered a space of two days. And they had 30 teams on one day, and these were teams of two. Uh, they, they kept it at teams of two, uh, again, just for uh, out of courtesy to the other museum guests. And um, so it was 30 on, on a Saturday and 30 on a Sunday. And Mary Jo and I actually were going to a talk about Mary Blair on Saturday at the museum, but we also used that time to go through the museum and really scope it out. I really recommend that. And then yeah. um, that, that became very helpful for us. And then um, and then we and then we participated on Sunday. And so when you get there, they give you a they give you your lanyard. They give you your and then you have a little mouse adventure to museum little thing that has your team number on it. We were 2006 and your team name. If you order a button, um, you get that. It has your whatever name you give yourself since we were our team was the Merry Mouseketeers. So uh, and um, so I put in our buttons Mouseketeer Michael and Mouseketeer Mary Jo. And and it's funny the background is very merry very merry Blairish I think, mm-hmm. and then they give you another little button it's a, it's an event button, and um, for Mouse Adventure to Museum with the date and then and then a button for Third Gate Games, and then and then a very cool lanyard that says that's a Mouse Adventure lanyard, and then you get this big old packet well a, a good sized packet with all kinds of stuff in it it's like the rules and. Um, Things like that. There's a couple pages of rules and guidelines, a map of the museum, information on becoming a member. They give you the museum gave um, the member uh, a member magazine uh, that, that museum members usually get. They gave one to everybody. So give you an idea what's going on. Really nice article on Ivan Earl and, and a few other things in there and some new acquisitions. They also gave the, the museum um, also donated um, posters. You know, um, you know, it takes. Those were um, really nice. They, it was, they were very nice. I mean, it takes mm-hmm. people to make the dream a reality. Um, so is what it said on there, and they're big. These are huge posters, and all that. And so then you go through all of that and review the rules and everything. Oh, and then I think there are the score sheets and the answer sheets are in there. And and then we get the packet. <laughs> um, well, before that, uh-huh. um, you get a scatter card. Oh right. Be- okay. So they gave it. So there's two other things. Um, Michael didn't see this one. It's it's an erotic sheet. So they usually take about. Did you say it's an erotic sheet? No, (laughs) (laughs) well, it is Valentine's Day, but um, (laughs) they have an erotic sheet so that what during the year they they plan out these 
puzzles and these quests and they look at they really look to see what can be used in the parks or for the museum what could be used in the museums to make an interesting puzzle or, or quest but come time of the weekend to actually play the game sometimes things get moved around um, so they have to put out a they'll put out a sheet that says well you won't be able to find this answer so here it is or instead of this place you're going to go to this place so it's to help the team members and then another thing which i think is really ingenious is they give each member a card with a different design and michael what did ours was the um ours was well, it was walt and with his uh, his grandchildren in the original tomorrowland utopia car and that signified our meeting place, which was at that car that's in the museum, the original uh, Topia car that was made for Walt's grandson, Christopher, by Bob Gurr. So if, so if you don't know where these, and, and there were, I think, four different scat, different areas where small groups started so that everybody doesn't, isn't converging in one spot at once, which I think is a great idea. And they... Uh, realized this a few years ago that it just works better that way mm -hmm. so if you don't know the museum then you have to go find where your spot was so luckily right. like michael said we scoped it out and plus michael knows the museum so we he knew where right where to go yeah i led the group there yeah yeah so that. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many coolest people remember we were they were like thank you we had no idea where to go so. I know I thought, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have, but anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, then we get our packet once we get there. And it's a little white envelope, and it has all of the different quests inside. And then immediately, oh, and the museum, um, because they said, even though they say bring a pen, bring a highlighter, the museum said, don't bring those, only use pencils. And, and there were some other specific rules for the museum. You couldn't write on top of, um, you know, any of the, uh, of the, uh, the, the cases and things yeah, like that so, and all that. Um, but then there's all these different quests and, and, the, and, and you immediately, everybody sits down and you start strategizing. You start going through the quests, um, reading them, trying to figure out where in the museum they belong to, and then looking at the point value. Did you want to talk any more about strategizing, Mary Jo? I think, well, one of the things that um, people have to keep in mind is these quests are designed so the majority of people are not going to finish all of them. So you have to really look at the types of questions and, the, and what the puzzle entails. They go anywhere. We had from 30 points, 30, 40, 50, and 60 points, 60 being the hardest. And now that's going to be the most time-consuming. So we um, started with the, well, we started right where we were at, right where the Atelier right. is, right? We were we yeah, were in Gallery 9, and there were two quests there, right, in Gallery 9, and they were both um, 30 points each. So, yeah, so the first one we did was Absolute Fantasyland, and there's a wonderful model there, of uh -huh. uh, which is the highlight of the museum, and it's, it's a, a working model of, it's the Walt Disney of Walt's imagination. What he pictured with all of the new things he was going to add to Disney, land with the new tomorrow land it was planned and all that what it was going to look like 
maybe if he had lived and maybe, you know, a couple of years after he passed away. So there are things that are there that together in the map that in the model that in real life were never there. Like there is the original concept for Space Mountain sitting in the 1967 Tomorrowland and the flying saucers are sitting next to it. You know, that so cool to see. yeah, so, so there's things like that throughout the map. So, so in this one, what you had to do, it, it's like you had to, um, th- there were all these questions that the, they asked uh, that they want to know about the map. You had to find them and you have to be subtle because there's people all around you doing this. So, for instance, the first question the people mover goes through Space Mountain. Well, okay, in real life, it did at one point. But you've got to see, does it on the model? And it does not on the model. Well, if it were true, there were these two letters, A-S. And it was false, there were these letters N-U. So it was false for the model. So, you know, Mary Jo underlined those. And then on the front, there was like a crossword puzzle-looking thing, but it really wasn't a crossword puzzle. Um, So in spaces number one, you had to write N-U. And am I making sense here, Mary Jo? Am I explaining this right? Well, to me, you are because we we did this, but... Yeah. So what what Michael's saying is there's a number of these types of questions that you have to know. You have to look at the map. You can't... Just because you know Disneyland doesn't mean that you have the right answer because when we did the people where I was like, oh yeah, it goes, it, of course it goes through Space Mountain, or it went through Space Mountain, and Michael said, we've got to look at the model, and sure enough, that's where we saw the difference. So once you do all of that, there's this kind of like a grid, what Michael's talking about, and when you fill in those letters, it comes up with a question. Mm-hmm. And if you have the wrong answer, then the, the, the words don't make sense. So then you kind of go back and forth between what's on the the question side of the paper and turning it over and filling in these empty letter spots. Right. Yeah. So when you read the, the when you read the letters in the correct order, um, you'll reveal your final question. Then you have to find the answer to that question and write it on the answer sheet. And so we did that, but there are secret quests in this and yes, there the was a quest. St- hidden quest <laughs> and there was a hidden quest in this and we didn't figure it out we never figured it out we didn't really look for hidden quests i guess and but other people found them and um so mary jo do you want to say what the hidden quest was in this okay so as as michael was saying we had to either if the answer was true or false we had two letters well the other option for the wrong answer if you used those and plotted them in the same grid that would have asked another question that you mm-hmm. had to um, ask the and it told you what to do I'm not going to go into those details but th- and that gave you I, th- I how many points was that Michael the hidden quest 30 I don't remember because it, it, it launched you into something else it was and I don't points. know what the point value was for that yeah that was so. 20 points Anyway, so that was very clever. And and you had to um, also, in case you run into, like, 
hmm, how does this work? They did have Mouse Adventure um, staff stationed throughout the museum. And there were very strict rules about if you needed help with something. Um, because we asked for hints a couple of times, and it wasn't that they could give you answers, but maybe they they helped you... Um, uh, they they helped you with a way of looking at the quest or or, or something that maybe might lead you in um, figuring out how to solve it, but they would they would not ever they wouldn't give you the answer. Yeah, so. and it might be they would read the the instructions, but they would enunciate on mm-hmm. a certain. Or, word, and then and then the or, light bulb clicks and you're like oh okay or or they would move their hand a certain way as yeah. like they looked at the answer and if they might move their hand from um left to right and maybe that was a hint that well maybe if you read it backwards <laughs> you know that kind of hint they might do so, um, but they wouldn't say maybe if you read it backwards. You would just have to notice as they're reading, as they're sort of, as they're sort of reading the instructions with you. You might see that they they wave their hand over the page that way, and that was their way of telling you think about this a different way. So you really had to be observant. Um, yes. So above the model is the lily bell from the Carolwood Express that was in Walt's backyard at his Holmby Hills home. Well, and that was called No Caboose. And I knew what that one was because I knew that the caboose on the Carolwood Pacific was out for refurbishment, for re- for restoration. So we went up there. <laughs> this was a fun one. <laughs> because... Um, you ha- this is the one where you, ha- you had to find numbers. There, there, there's these information panels in front of the train. Um, there are six of them. And it all goes through all Walt's whole history of his love for trains. And every time there... And so what they do is they list the name of every panel, the railroad fair, Grinfield Village, Lily Bell, you know, so on. And then what you have to do is any time a number is mentioned, beneath like the 1948 Railroad Fair, there are one, two, three, four, five spaces. So any time in that 1948 Railroad Fair panel, any time there's a number you have to write it down in one of those spaces. And a discussion Mary Jo and I went into is that there was a number two written out TWO. And I said, that's a number. And and and, and I didn't think it was mm-hmm. because I was thinking of the word two mm-hmm. and I was thinking three letters as opposed to changing the number, what it, it really spelled and that it was the number two. Yeah, and I, I don't think I, I explained that very well when I was mentioning yeah. it. And so, um, anyway, it turned out that's what it was, that if it was a written-out number, you had to write it as a numeral. If it was in text, you had to write it as a numeral. That's probably the way I should have explained it a week ago. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Um, and so we, so you go through all of that, and then um, when you're done, there's, uh, oh my gosh, there, I don't even know how to explain this. There was the this, numbers, yeah. <laughs> there was this grid on the back with all these numbers and letters. And go ahead, Mary Jo. <laughs> okay, so so the numbers that that we found, we then. Looking, um, 
we didn't plot them. They they were already there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is where being a team really helps because as one of us used the grid, so it, you had the numbers across that we had seen, and then you had a row of letters or a column of letters below it. And you would, the numbers that you that you had seen, you would call them out and then cross off the letters that were underneath these particular numbers. And so as I called the letters off and crossed them off, Michael was writing them on another piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of hard to 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 think. So if let's say like Michael said 1948. So I'm going to look for the number 1 and then read that first letter, then the number 9 and then that first letter, then 4 and then 8 and then so on. So every time the number 1 shows up, we're going to go to the next letter in the column and cross that off. Mm-hmm. Going and working our way through that, Michael was then able to come up with a question which wasn't the answer that was just part of the there was this quest was like in three parts right michael we had to get the numbers mm-hmm. we had to do that first grid and then there was another grid underneath yes yes and there was we had to do <laughs> and then we had to figure out the question from that grid mm-hmm. the second grid and that gave us the question that we had to find the answer to in that same area right yeah the answer was somewhere in that upper display of the train and it took us a little while to find it and i think it was uh, yeah and i think it was um we did and it was something that i thought i have looked at that a million times and um but there was a tiny tiny little detail that um i had never noticed so um, so and i think i think for you michael who's you've been to the museum so many times the mouse adventure game gives you a different perspective right you oh, see the, some of these details that you hadn't really had maybe have overlooked because you're looking at other things. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So that was that was really fun. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Then we decided the rest of them we sort of did. The next one was towards the beginning of the museum, so we sort of went. Um, we we went out to the museum. One of the things you can't do is you can't backtrack. So if we wanted to go to an earlier gallery, you could only go one gallery back. You couldn't go like two galleries back. And that was mainly so that you weren't salmon. Because like I said, the, the museum goes in a chronological order of Walt's life. So they didn't want a lot of people going backwards and, again, interfering with the guest's experience. So because we wanted to go to gallery two and we are in gallery nine we had to go out and go back into gallery one rather than backtracking all the way to gallery two so um anyway and um also along the way there's a couple of other things you're doing there's an i spy um sheet and it's it's close-ups of items in the museum um real details of either things items on display or photographs or whatever and sometimes these are really close up and what they've done is they've blocked out text or numbers or something that's on the object itself and so not only do you have to find this in the museum you then beneath the picture on the I spy sheet have to um, write what is the missing word or text or whatever it is. 
in there. And so, so you're doing numerous things all at the same time yeah. as, as you you're to be running a good through multitasker. this. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> okay, so we went to Gallery 2. This is all about the Alice comedies. And this is Encounters with Alice. And... The way this gallery is set up, because, you know, there are 57 Alice comedies. There were 17 <laughs> that we had to focus on. And the way that they display these 17 is, if, if you've gone to old-timey theater palaces, the way they have, the, the way they show the posters in front of the theaters, they're like these beautiful gilded frames that they have, well, they have recreations of those in this gallery, but they're interactive in that they are videos that move back and forth inside each other. They will travel through all four um, frames, all four of these um, displays. I think there's four of them. And, and they move back and forth and up and down and all around, and you're trying to keep track of these. And what we have to figure out is, is on the back of this sheet, they had um, pieces of the 17 titles that you wanted. So you had to get, so like if like the first one, there was one, two, three, four words in the title. And, and they give you one of the words, Alice. Really huge help there. And so <laughs> what you had... Since all of them start with Alice. <laughs> yeah, Alice or Alice's. And if you were lucky, maybe in one of them, they might put in the word the. So um, so, so what we had to do, first of all, was keep write down all 17. And then so Mary Jo and I both did that and then compared our list to make sure, you know, we had them both and um, that we had the same list. And then because it's easy to like write the same one twice because you can't always remember, have I written that one down or not? And all you're doing is just writing, writing, writing. And so then, um, then you have to sit there and figure out where do they fit in, um, in this, this sheet because some of the there's a lot of four word titles so you've and but then the trick is there are numbers under some of them like in this first one it's the four one it's alice and then there's in the in the fourth letter there's a number three and that means fourth word fourth word i'm sorry there's a number three and i i don't even remember what that was about but it had to do with the letter it was was that letter yeah. It, so what you had to do is you had to figure out what, how to put the titles, and the the clue was at the end of the titles they had the number of letters. So you had mm-hmm. to count the number of words, the count of, and the letters, figure out which was the correct title, and then, like Michael said, there was a number underneath one of those words, and then you had to get whatever letter that number was associated with. So it might say if it was three, like Michael said, you count the third letter. And then that's the word. That's the letter that you put down, mm-hmm. and the sheet that you're gonna right. decipher. Right. And so they did help you. And like Mary Jo said, at the end of each one, they said, it, "Okay, this four-word title has twelve letters, and then this other four-word title it has thirteen letters." Well, the thing is, some of them um, would have the same number of letters, so that meant you had to fiddle around with them so that whatever you came up with at the end made sense 
So, um, because, yeah, all these letters that you had to circle, because, you know, like the third letter, the fourth word, and the second one, it was the sixth letter of the third word, that all had to, that all had to make a sentence at the end. This one stumped us for the longest yeah. time. And, um, and then, let's see, and then what it was is... Um, it spelled out the final question, and then you had to write the answer to the question. Now, once we finally figured out the question, I immediately knew the answer. I did not have to look it up. And so, um, at least that was good. But, yeah. um, that, but was, that was a really good question. Again, having a partner really helps because was one of us was was reading the, the word. You know, we worked together to, to fill in the titles. But then one would get the letter, the other one would write it down so we could get the sentence. Mm-hmm. And, and when we finally figured out how to read that sentence, then, like Michael said, it was really easy. Yeah. I think, I think the answer came out super quick. It, uh, immediately. <laughs> right. When, yeah. So uh-huh. um, then the next one was the wonderful world of color. This actually, um, there was a lot to look for in here. Oh, the Alice quest was 40 points. So that was a lot of points. The next one, the wonderful world of color was 40 points. This was gallery three. And gallery three has a lot. It's the, all the short subjects. There is a little area in there on the Disney family. And then also the ink and paint department. And... For this one, there were questions. So what you had to do was, um, like, for instance, the first one, Walt's skis were made in. And then um, it was either Austria or Switzerland. So you had to find Walt's skis, read the little, read the information on it, and then choose the correct answer, which was Switzerland. There was, after each option, there was a little, um, in parentheses, there was a little number with an arrow in front of it pointing either up, down, left, or right. And that was very important because once you got all of that, after you got all your answers, you had a little pattern of what, of a path that you had to follow. Um, Because then you go in the ink and paint area, there is a large display of colors in the little pots and the jars that the ink and paint girls used, and they're all labeled. Now, I had a hard time with this, and, and I would say that one of the things is some areas of the museum are a bit dimly lit. I don't know if that's to preserve um, some of the original items in there from being faded, but I would say, and you cannot use artificial light, like off your phone or anything like that. Um, I would say if you wear reading glasses, when you do a quest at the Mouse Adventure to Museum, bring those reading glasses with you. This yeah. is where I needed them desperately. Um because I had a really hard time reading um, a lot of the things that we needed to figure out here. So um, so what it is, is they then gave, after you've had all your answers, they you had to go to stand in front of the ink and paint, and you started at a certain color, which because I couldn't read them, um, they, they actually helped me find it. And then as Mary Jo read, the directions, you know, left two, um, down three. I had to go from that ink and paint and then follow 
the whole little path. I had to go, you know, left two from the starting color. Then from there, I had to go down three. And I just had to follow whatever directions Mary Jo gave me. And then whatever color we ended at, we had to write that name on the answer sheet. So, and I think we got that one. So I think we did. Yeah. So That was uh, another really good one because, uh, again, you're reading more of the um, displays that they had, the signs, the, there was just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though you know the museum, there was, you and I were still searching for some of those. There was you one. the general vicinity mm-hmm. of most of them, I think. Mm-hmm. There, there, was, yeah, there, there, was, there were two that we had a really hard yeah. time with. And one of them was just, I couldn't read it. It was too small and dim yeah. in there. So that's why I said bring cameras. I mean, bring cameras. Bring your gla- reading glasses. <laughs> bring bring a magnifying glass. I wish. <laughs> anyway, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, anyway, with uh, the next one, this was a big one. This was fifty points, and this covered a lot of galleries. This covered two galleries: success, ambitions, and contributions. This covered Snow White. The Burbank Studio, Pinocchio, Bambi, The Multiplane Camera, Fantasia, The Studio Strike, El Grupo, which was a trip to, the Goodwill trip to South America, and World War II. There was a lot in here. And um, what we had to do was um, there were basically there were just statements. And you had to, and then there was a missing word. You had to find the missing word. And this wasn't as easy as it sounds, because sometimes things weren't where you thought they would be. Like, um, there was one, three years blank, two years art school, comma, five years animation. Well, of course, we're looking over at, like, where it talks about the animators. Well, what it was is, as and Mary Jo spotted this, because I spotted one that was too things below it um it was on one of the strike posters for the 1941 yeah. studio strike um you know so th- it was really fascinating so as you and and mary joe and then what it was is as you found the word there was like one of those word search puzzles and you um you you circled or crossed out the words as you found them there was one we couldn't find it and mary joe found it the answer in the word search because we had found everything else and then after you did that you read a question in that for the letters that you didn't cross out you then had to read them going across and and then that's where i think mary joe was was um spelling out the letters and i wrote them on the scratch paper and then we figured out what the question was then you had to find the answer to um the question and luckily i think i knew where that one was yeah you knew uh, right where to go for it because that one was and that was it was it was interesting so that one we got for sure yeah yeah we definitely got that one but it took us a while to find these um Mm -hmm. these these were not easy so uh anyway sometimes here's here's another mm -hmm. thing um you you can only be arm distance from each other so it, it couldn't be where michael and i were we couldn't split up and, you know, you take that area and I'll take this area. We had to be together mm-hmm. for everything, working on each um, yeah. 
particular question. Yeah, because sometimes I'd wander off and Mary Jo would call after me. Because <laughs> I would think, oh, it's over there. But Mary Jo was finding an answer to something in one display area. And I was, I thought, okay, she's found that one. Oh, I think I know where this one is. And I would just like walk off. <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, yeah. Um, that was funny. That was. <laughs> so, luckily, they didn't catch us, or they realized, or you caught you before they were going to say oh, something. I, yeah. You you grabbed me. <laughs> so, I walked very quickly to you. Yeah. So, um, anyway, then there was the last one. <laughs> I should let you talk about this one. This we okay. We finished everything, and we had like an oh, except we still had a few items to find on the I Spy, and I know I knew what gallery they were in, and I just couldn't find them. And and maybe if we'd gone in there a little longer, maybe we would have. I don't know. But the clever thing about the I Spy, as it turned out. We didn't know this till the end when they get, when they talked about the results. Is that the galleries where um, they didn't use for the quests were where all the I Spy um, photos were from. So that's why I think they were from Gallery One um, in there, which is Walt's birth all the way through um, World War One. So anyway, but. Um, then there was awards galore. If you have never been to the Walt Disney Family Museum, um, when you walk into the lobby, and this is the free area, you can see this if you're just passing by the museum and just want to pop in. Um, it's just a very, very small um, collection of Walt's awards. Now, Walt got hundreds and hundreds of awards in his lifetime. These are the awards that are owned by the Walt Disney family, and it's not even all the ones they have. They have more in storage. But this is an incredible number of awards. It circles. I think there's the, nine cases. Yeah. Floor yes. to ceiling cases. Yes. Of there awards. Are. There are nine cases filled with awards of all sizes. Some tiny little medallions to giant ones like the famous Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Academy Award. Mary Jo, why don't you tell our listeners what this quest was? This one was so tough. So this one we got um, on the paper. We had a list that we had to look at the different awards. We were given a year that mm -hmm. the award was awarded in. And then we were given, like, like prior, we had to, we were given a certain number of words. So we had spaces, like maybe let's say five words, and the letters were indicated by dashes, like underscores. So, the for instance, if it was four dashes, two dashes, three dashes, the two and three might be of the, and then whatever six dashes. So Michael and I were looking. And we could not figure out. We didn't I, know I, I, what I, the I, hell I, this yeah, was. Yeah, I, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I we I can't give too much because I know that people will be playing the game. But it took us. We went. I don't know how many times to get hints um, of of how to figure it out. And finally, somebody told us. Um, 
Well, I finally was, said, uh, okay, I said to them, because I was getting really frustrated. And I said, okay, this set, I said, okay, first of all, I am an English teacher. So I am taking this very literally, because there were times Mary Jo had to explain to me how they word the questions and all that, so that I didn't go too far off the deep end. And um, I said, this says, it says here, the year of the award and phrase that fits the spaces provided. Because the way Mary Jo and I started made sense, but we weren't finding anything. And that's the word phrase. Phrase to me is a as a group of words that conveys a complete thought. And that's what I told them. I said, are we looking for phrases, a group, groups of words that, that, that convey a complete thought? Or are we just looking for random groups of words? And they said, you're looking for random group of words. And I said, then we are not looking for phrases. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, so once that's right. That's so once you got that. So we were looking for random groups of words on hundreds of awards and you had to look on the, so you have the awards displayed, and down at the bottom, they had the number, so you had an award, and it had the number one, two, three, four, five. So then down on the bottom, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, where they explain what the award is. So you had to find the year, and then you had to go back to the award, and then read it, looking for the correct grouping, uh, grouping of words. Mm -hmm. And Oh, this, it was horrible. Yeah, so and so um, this you, killed us. Yeah, you ca you came up with a strategy that I think if we had had another hour, we would have it would have worked, or well, maybe not even another strategy, hour. Mm -hmm. I think if we had come up with that strategy earlier, like fifteen minutes, because they they gave that particular quest forty. They thought it would take people forty five minutes to do. If I think if we had gotten got the idea 15 minutes into it, we would have figured out the answer. Okay. But we were so wrapped up trying to figure out what they were talking about because it was so confusing. But, um... And, and some people just people, went... Other people did get it. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't do the whole thing. They finally figured out, just go for the final answer. And they actually... And what it was is it was... It had to do with an award Walt received, and they gave the number of letters of the of um something that appeared in the award because it all was color coordinated with the the letters that were in the word the phrase the random group of words you had to find there were colored boxes and then you'd move those letters into these colored spaces and rearrange them until you found out this 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 would be a real phrase. And so people just went right for that. They just started looking at awards that would fit this sort of title, let's say. And that's how some of them uh, figured it out. I did not like this quest, not because it stumped us, but because this, to me, this was the only quest where I didn't learn something from it. All the other quests, I, I learned something. Um, mm -hmm. about the museum or about Walt or about an artifact or, or whatever. This one, I felt they threw it in here just to make it difficult. And I thought I didn't come away knowing anything more about the awards or about Walt or anything like that. So for me, this was, this quest 
was for me a failure, uh, literally as well as um, figuratively. So I, I don't know how they could have tweaked it to make it a little more meaningful. I think if they had, where I felt I knew I had learned more about the awards when we were done with the quest, even if we had still bombed it, I would have been fine with it. So this one bothered me. Yeah, you had a tough time with this one. Oh, did I? Yes. <laughs> it just, I, I don't like being given busy work. You know, I, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. And I felt this was busy work. So, um, but you, you now you looked at it uh, on a, a different way. And I think Carol looked at it the same way as you when I explained it to her. Oh, did she really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it was because I was not open to her <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> so, so anyway, but no, no, but you liked it. So what did you like about it? Yeah. Um, well, I like, I, I would not have spent so much time looking at the different awards mm-hmm. like I did um, when we went through this quest. I thought it was clever and how they did it. I We just ran out of time. If we had had another hour... Not uh, if we had another hour to to do the whole, the whole day. I think we would have got it, and we would have been a, ha- a lot happier. And we would have gone back and done some of the ice spies that we weren't able to. We did we did get some of the ice spies, but we would have been able to go back and get some more. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, it it'll be interesting to see how, how they tweak this one, or if they even yeah. tweak it. There was one other thing. This one. I'm very happy with. Um, there was also a trivia, and you, you got one point for each of them. Um, there were 25 questions, and what was nice is with this trivia question, these these trivia questions, uh, you could not find the answers in the museum. You had to know them, and so I, I was sort of doing them as we had free time, or um, t- and and. Um, or sort of towards the end when I think we realized we're not getting this awards galore thing. And so, and there were a couple I wanted to run by Mary Jo and get her thoughts on it and all that on them because I was um, to see if she agreed with what I was thinking or I thought, okay, it could go a couple of ways here and stuff like that. So I wanted to get her input on it. And um, we, at least in trivia, we were number one. <laughs> yes. I'm, I am very pleased on about that. They so. they they were they they made sure to tell us that too. They were like, "But you got the highest in trivia." Yes. <laughs> yes, after they gave us <laughs> our other score. So Mary Jo, do you want to yeah. do you want to share what what our standing was out of Well, sure. what well, they said 30 teams that there was only there were only 28, I think. Teams? Yeah, cuz No, what, there were there were there were 30. Oh, okay. A couple I thought of them it didn't was... didn't have names. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Okay. So out of um, the highest, uh, the, the most you could get was 345 possible points. Mm-hmm. I forget what number one got, but we ended up with number... We had 202 points out of the 345. Uh, we actually tied with another team, but we beat them by three minutes. So we, we came in ahead at... Uh, we got 22 out of 30 teams. And counting both days, we came in at 45 out of 60 teams. Okay. So I, I'd rather count the two days. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we weren't last. That's just no. <laughs> I'm just glad, and we came in first in trivia. So I'm um, I'm I'm so those two things are great. And I think now that you know, I, I understand Mouse Adventure a little more. You know, maybe we'd do better next time. So, anyway. I think we did all right. It was the first time mm-hmm. um, for you. I've been playing it, and I still, you know, some of the things. Um, it, it's, as you and I were talking about, they've they've been doing, I've been playing since 2006. And the Third Gate game still comes up with puzzles that I have never seen before, or the answers that I've never seen, um, how, to, how to figure it out. So, they're just so ingenuous in the, in the way they put it, these together it's amazing just absolutely amazing mm-hmm. so uh i, I don't understand minds that think that way i mean it's <laughs> incredible so so mary joe would you do it again oh heck yeah yeah i would too yeah this is a lot of fun i'd love to do it at disneyland sometime so i don't know if i have the stamina <laughs> for that one <laughs> it's but, um mm-hmm. one of the things that we learned is you have a good hearty breakfast before and you and you make sure you fuel yourself mm-hmm. before you um, start, so that um, there. I think there was one where we, none of us had had breakfast. There's a core of four of us that usually play, and um, w- we were dying at the end. We um, tempers and tired and 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 everything. So if you fuel yourself right, you're ready to play the game. You're thinking sh- more sharply and make sure you're hydrated. It's it's just a better time in playing the game. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, you know, we could always stop to eat because there are a lot of teams that stop to eat, but we're too competitive to do that. So we, we always make sure that we have snacks with us. We couldn't do that in the museum, but at Disneyland, it's really important mm-hmm. to make sure yeah. you have some of that protein with you. Yeah. yeah, the museum does have a cafe. So if we had wanted to, we could have um, stopped, but we didn't. You just sort of lose track of time. Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, it, now if this sounds like fun and you would enjoy doing this, there are a couple of mouse adventures coming away. One in each kingdom. Uh, mouse Adventure Tales is coming up at Walt Disney World's Animal Kingdom, and this is in celebration of the park's 20th anniversary. This will be on March 3rd, 2018, and registration is now open for that event. Disneyland's next Mouse Adventure is April 29th, and uh, like Mary Jo said, check mouseadventure.com um, for information about registration, you know, sign up for their newsletter. Um, if you have participated in a past mouse adventure, um, check your email for information about registration. And Mary Jo, thank you so much, not only for being my teammate at Mouse Adventure and for your patience, but, um, you know. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It Michael. was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. And um, thank you for joining us on Connecting with Walt to share, well, the, share the adventure with our listeners. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoy this. Great. So did I. Well, here we are. It's that time again for this day in Disney history quiz. And this is for the week of March 4th. Of course, we have our returning uh, champion here, uh, Craig Williams. And back is our re re, re- 
turning Mary Jo Mulata Willie from the Diz Unplug um, Disneyland edition. Mary Jo, welcome back. Hello, thank you. I, I, I've got some serious scoring to do here. <laughs> you do, you do. You've, you've got at least, well, you know, you you, you scored our first week, and um, well, this yeah. is your comeback. <laughs> this is comeback hope time so. now for you after <laughs> last week. Okay, so just a, a quick review of the rules. Um, if you get the correct answer and you don't hear the multiple choice options, you can get three points. If I give you the multiple choice answers, you can get two points. If you ask to have an incorrect answer removed, you get one point. Or if the other person answers the question incorrectly and you can answer it correctly, you will get one point. Okay, Mary Jo, um, would you like to hear the first question, take the first question, or would you like to hand it off to Craig? I think I will take it this week. Okay. All right, this is for March 4th. This film is voted number one in the top 100 animated features of all time by the Online Film Critics Society on March 4th, 2003. Uh, can I have multiple choice, please? Sure. Is it A, Sleeping Beauty, B, Bambi, C, Toy Story, or D, Beauty and the Beast? And the question again? This film is voted number one in the top 100 animated features of all time by the Online Film Critics Society on March 4th, 2003. And Which you, you, of those four do they think you, is number one? You said Bambi, right? You named ba yeah, Bambi as one of them? Sleeping Beauty, Bambi, Toy Story, or Beauty and the Beast? Okay, Bambi's my all-time favorite, but I think that the online community would have chosen Toy Story. You are correct. Toy Story is voted number one in the top 100 animated features of all times. Other Disney films in the top 10 include Fantasia, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Beauty and the Beast, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Wow. So Mary Jo, you're pulling out strong with two points here. Okay, Craig, over to you for okay. March 5th. This attraction opened at Epcot Center on March 5th, 1983. Uh, Horizons. That is incorrect. No! So, um, yeah, that opened on October 1st. Of 83, so, though, right? Of 83. Yeah, I knew 83. Yes. So you had the year right, at <clears throat> least. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I knew the... Yeah. Okay, Mary Jo, would you like to steal? Sure, uh, I'd like to try to okay. give it a try. Okay, I will give you, since you're stealing, I can give you the options. Is it B, the Morocco Pavilion, C, the Norway Pavilion featuring Maelstrom, or D, Journey into Imagination? I'm thinking those pavilions were probably there. I'm going to go into Journey into Imagination. 
Well, those pavilions were not there. But, no? Um, well, you, no, that tells you how much I don't know about cor- Epcot, right? <laughs> but you are correct. It was Journey into Imagination. Um, it was presented by Kodak, It um, and it was located in the Imagination Pavilion. Of course, this is the one that features Dreamfinder, who teaches Figment, the small purple creature with orange seer horns, voiced by Billy Barty, to use his imagination. And of course, this features this favorite song, One Little Spark. And um, over the years, this attraction will be reimagined several times. Journey into Your Imagination in 1999 and Journey into Imagination with Figment in 2002. So, And I was about ready to say that. I knew that was the other thing that opened in 1983. And then I mm-hmm. thought myself, so Mary Jo could have a point. That was very, that was very gallant of you. Well, I, think, I think Jackie may have done that. To me, last time around, where, but I don't remember. They're, they're all blurring together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Mary Jo, this one is for you for um, March sixth. So, um, this city was incorporated on March sixth, eighteen eighty-eight. Walt Disney will live here. Say that again, please. This city was incorporated on March 6th, 1888. Walt Disney will live here. I need multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Marceline, Missouri? B, Burbank, California? C, Chicago, Illinois? Or D, Kansas City, Missouri? Oh my gosh, I know I'm going to bomb on this one. Um, I'm going to go with Marceline. Very good. The answer is A. The city of Marceline, Missouri, the future boyhood home of Walt Disney is incorporated. And the Disneys will arrive in Marceline in 1906 and stay for about four years. Excellent. Okay, so Mary Jo, you have three points to Craig's two. And Craig, here you go for March 7th. Wait. This Disney... Ex- mm-hmm. I don't think I have any points, do I? I thought you... Uh, All right, I jotted down. Let me see here. I don't think I have any no, points. No, you're right. No, you do not. <laughs> okay. All righty. You're so honest, Mr. No, Williams. It's. I believe the score is five to nothing. I am getting it is, crushed it this is. round. See, I always do one. It's five to nothing. That's right. I wrote one th- number in the wrong column there. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's all the going back and forth yeah. and stealing. It throws me <laughs> off. Okay. But it is Craig's turn, correct? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. This Disney executive was born on March 7th, 1942. Uh, um... I guess the question is, do I want to be bold and make a guess? Because I don't think at this point I can win anyways. Oh, you could. Is this the fourth question? It is. Uh, um, I'm I'm just going to be random. I'll guess Michael Eisner. 
You are correct. Oh, wow. Very good. Michael Eisner, who ran the Walt Disney Company from 1984 to 2005, is born in Mount Kisco, New York, although he was raised in New York City. So, um, very good. Didn't even hear the... So three to five. Mary Jo, you're still in the lead. Okay. Mary Jo, here you go for March 8th. This world leader visited Epcot Center on March 8th, 1983. I have no... Please uh, give me multiple choice. All right. And I just am apologizing right away for how I pronounce some of these names of these (laughs) illustrious foreign dignitaries. A, is it Mohammed Karim Lamrani, who is the Prime Minister of Morocco? B, Kerry Willock, who's the Prime Minister of Norway? C, Ronald Reagan, President of the United States? Or D, Javier Perez de Cuellar, um, United Nations Secretary General? I'm... Oh, gosh. Based on something you said earlier, which is probably just throw me off anyway, um, I'm going to try Ronnie Reagan. Okay, you are correct. It is President Reagan. He paid a visit to Epcot. Um, He was escorted by Dick Nunes, president of of Walt Disney World, and several hundred math and science students from Central Florida. He first visits the American Experience attraction before making an afternoon speech at a podium located on the World Showcase Lagoon, directly opposite of Spaceship Earth. Um, The president speaks of the promise of Epcot Center and what it meant to his friend Walt Disney and to the world. So, Mary Jo, very good. You have seven points to Craig's three. So, Craig... Gotta gotta pull this out here. I'm gonna have to <laughs> essentially to get a tie. I'm going to have to guess this one without any multiple choice, and then hope Mary Jo doesn't get it, and I can get a steal. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's two more questions here. Yeah. So, okay, all right. So March 9th, this groundbreaking three-part television series debuts on the ABC TV Walt Disney's Disneyland show on March 9th. 1955 hosted by Walt Disney I will go with oh my see the problem is I don't I don't know if I need to have like an exact title for it It, um well (laughs) gosh I would say if you get close I I mean I'm just thinking that when Davy Crockett was released, it was the three different parts. And then River Pirates and the next one that was released, that was two parts. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the the first round of Davy Crockett's. Hey, that is incorrect. Oh <laughs> Okay. Listen, I had All to right, be bored. Mary Cho. Yeah, Mary Cho, you can steal. I'll give you the choices. Um is it this groundbreaking three-part television series debuts on the ABC TV Walt Disney's Disneyland show on March 9th, 1955, hosted by Walt Disney? Is it B, Man in Space, C, Dateline Disneyland, or D, Texas John Slaughter? Okay, so I'm thinking 
I had never even heard of the first. Craig probably heard of all of these. Um, I'm going to try Dateline Disneyland. Okay, that is incorrect. That was actually more right. Yeah, it was Man in Space, the first of a three-part series about, about space travel. Um, the show features Walt Disney animator Ward Kimball, who directed the series, and a number of scientists, including um, Werner von Braun, who will yeah. later be one of the leaders oh. of the American Space Program. Uh, the sh- here's a little trivia. The show is narrated by Dick Tuffeld, who will later be known as the voice of the robot on the television series Lost in Space. Um, the next two parts of Man in the Moon and Mars and Beyond will be aired over the next few years. Um, this series will be very influential in in getting support for the U.S. Um, manned space project. In fact, the very next day, President Eisenhower contacted Walt Disney and asked for a copy of this film. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Now I want to oh. see it. Yeah, it's good. You got to oh, go get your, uh, your Walt Disney treasures set, the yeah. Tomorrowland. Yeah. yeah, it's on there. It's really good. So. Okay. All right. And Mary Jo, here you go. March 10th. On March 10th, 2004, the Florida Department of Environmental Protection presents its new Green Lodgings Award to these two Walt Disney World resorts. What year? 2004. 2004. Can you, um, I'll take multiple choice. Okay. Is it A? Animal Kingdom Lodge and Coronado Springs Resort. B, Animal Kingdom Lodge and Boardwalk Resort. C, Yacht and Beach Club Resort and Boardwalk Resort. Or D, Coronado Springs Resort and Boardwalk Resort. I'm going to go with A. I think it was Animal Kingdom Lodge and um, Coronado Springs. Okay. Right, that is incorrect. Okay, Craig, do you want to steal for one point? I guess so. Okay, <laughs> do you want me to run through these again? Um, it, it's not going to help me anyways. I'm just going to be completely <laughs> guessing on it. So I would say uh, I'll go with the Animal Kingdom and Boardwalk one. Okay, no, that's incorrect. It was it was the two most unlikely ones. Adik, Coronado Springs, and Boardwalk Resorts. Um, See, I, I didn't think that the Boardwalk Resort would have got that, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're two of the first four hotels in Florida to receive the awards. This honor is given to hotel properties that feature innovative and imaginative programs to conserve natural resources, reduce waste, minimize pollution, and reduce costs. Yeah, that's just mind-boggling to me because considering that, uh, I mean, I guess they both have convention center spaces, but I figured that's what would kill Coronado is that, you know, conventioners come through and just leave it trashed and disgusting and that there's no way being green could help fix that place up. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, our our final score is seven to three. Mary Jo, you are the first person in one of these quizzes to actually beat Craig. Congratulations! No, way. no, no yes. Rhino did. Rhino did one week. Oh, that's right. Rhino yeah. did. He. That's right because we had a we had to have a, a tie breaker. Yeah. So Mary Jo, you're the second one. Although this, um, I think. Mary Jo beat you more than Rhino. 
Yeah, no, yeah, they, he skunked me the last game, so <laughs> it was it was a large gap. I need to start r- learning to stop being so bold about guessing without hearing the multiple choice. But I'll learn one day. Yeah. So anyway, what? So I'm sure you've appeared three times. So even though you, you did pull out in this one, you know, it's, it was still two to three in Craig's favor. So. So, but we don't want you to go home empty-handed. So, of course, you you will get a lovely parting gift of, of liquid pledge, um, waxed beauty, <laughs> um, instantly as you dust. Yay! <laughs> My house will be so shiny. It will, and lemony. <laughs> so I so I bow to the master, Mr. Craig Williams. No, thank you. You were a fun. You were a fun competitor. <laughs> You were. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me, too. Michael, this was great. I love these questions that you put together, so. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, all right. Well, and um, for everyone else, we will we, we'll be back next week for another round of this day in Disney History Quiz with a whole new competitor for Craig. So tune in next time to see who that will be and how Craig fares. So join us next time when some of you become a part of our show because Craig and I will be answering more questions sent in by our listeners. Now, Craig, have you? I haven't looked at the list yet. Have you looked at it? Oh, we have a ginormous amount of questions. Uh, the last time I counted, it was around 90 questions already submitted so i wish michael and i had a spare six or seven hours to answer each and every one of them and i know that there's probably been more submitted and after after we just said this now because we're still a couple (laughs) we're we're still a little while away from from recording that episode so i'm sure we'll get more in between when we even start with that so we'll 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 try to get through as many as we can in uh in that hour time that we get for the episode but yeah i I do want to say thank you to everyone for following the directions this time uh last time you know we said a lot about trying to keep it more uh more based around actual questions that we can answer and not asking for broader show topics and ideas so everyone finally listened for the most part a couple still here and there but uh everyone did a great job listening and and sent us some great questions that we'll be able to answer so thank you so much for that okay just to let you know then that i'm going to start you know sorting through them this weekend so more than likely uh, after sunday i'm not going to see any more Mm -hmm. questions so um Anyway, so so that's let's sort of make that our cutoff. Yeah, unless you show up questions. to Michael's house on Tuesday afternoon. Yes, and, and yeah, and, and you can get across the moat, you know, with the, with that live gators and all that. Yeah. So anyway, so so Craig, where can our listeners connect with you on the Diz Unplugged until we have our Q and A? As always, you can find me on the Walt Disney World Edition podcast, the Universal Edition podcast, the Diz Daily Fix, here, there, and everywhere, and of course on Twitter and Instagram at Teleclaster. Michael, what about you? 
Well, you can always send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. At Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Uh, Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling uh, with the Connecting with Walt logo there. Instagram, Michael Bowling that is. But you can connect with both me and Walt at our Connecting with Walt um, Twitter account at Connecting Walt. There's a lot of good stuff on there, too, for those of you who listen to us because you like Disney history. Yeah. So if you, if you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at www.disneyplug.com and look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. So thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. Roy.